You can hear me breathe out. That means my microphone's working. Awesome. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you tonight. Um, and, and as we look at your word and, and listen to how you speak to us, Lord, I pray that you would speak through me, um, that you would e- teach each one of us um, what you desire to see come out of this passage tonight. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Well, we get to start a new series tonight, and it's entitled Mirror, Mirror. It's going to be a three-part series, and tonight we're looking at character, or similar sort of circumstance, self-image as well. Can I have that first slide up, please, Peter? It is turned on. There we go. Okay. Um, Selfies. Who's taken a selfie? I've taken a selfie. Not a very good selfie, but... One of the the most famous people for taking selfies is Kim Kardashian. Um, She has a book, and it's called Selfish. It is plastered from cover to cover with selfies of hers. Not Some not very good ones, some good ones. I don't like Kim Kardashian very much, but... Her book is $12.17 on Amazon. That's what her selfies are worth. I release mine later on this year. I'm hoping to break the, the one million sales. But during one minute in 2016, so, so count 60 seconds, during one minute in 2016, there are more photos taken, most of them selfies, than in the entire 100 years of the 19th century. Can you fathom that? During one minute right now, more photos are taken on smartphones, selfies, than during 100 years in the 19th century. That's incredible. We've become so obsessed with ourselves, haven't we? We've become so obsessed by and, and defined by the way we look on the outward, so, uh, outward appearance. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with makeup, but many women are afraid to leave the house unless they have makeup on. And, and there's a trend among young guys to, to go to the gym and to work ourselves out in, in order to have the big biceps and the rippled stomach. I don't have that. But there's a trend amongst these young guys to, in order to gain that rippled stomach and the big biceps and the, the toned uh, muscle, muscles, that they take supplements in order to, to gain this. And these supplements, in fact, harm their health. It seems contradictory to, to be working out to gain health and yet taking supplements that, that work against that. And and some of us, even some of us here tonight, we, we place selfies on, fo- uh, on Facebook or social media or something like that, and, and we're defined by how many likes that picture gets. If we're honest with ourselves, we, we kind of can gain a sense of validation of, oh, I got 143 likes on this picture, so therefore I must be liked. And that's the way we perceive ourselves sometimes, isn't it? 
the way we look at ourselves is, is not, the similar, not the same as the way God looks at us. If I was to look, ask you to look at yourself and examine yourself and, and point out something that you like about your outward appearance or even your personality, I'm sure most of us would, would have a hard time coming up with even one thing that we like about ourselves, if we're really honest about it. And yet if I was to ask you to point out something that you don't like about yourself... All of us, if uh, most of us, if not all of us, would be able to come up with a list of five things. I don't like my hair. I don't like my nose. I don't like whatever else. And we tend to focus on negative things, don't we? We tend to focus on negative things rather than positive things and we, we compare ourselves to others along the lines of I can't do that like she can or I'm not as pretty as her or I I wish I was as masculine as he is. And so it can be very damaging to have a negative perception of ourselves. Negative, Negative perceptions of ourselves can lead to depression. It can lead to anxiety and other emotional problems, issues. And not that low self-image is is the same or the only cause of these conditions, but it's certainly a contributing factor. We need to to have a balanced perception of ourselves. We need to be honest with with the good things that are in in our abilities and about ourselves and about our personality and our appearance. However, it's also important to have a... Uh, an image, a self-image that is both positive and realistic. Having a self-image that is unrealistic or pumped up can be such a drawback to a person, can't it? Having an occasional negative thought or criticism about yourself can can urge you on to to change something about yourself or, or to push harder, hard work or to growth and success. But, but the opposite is also true. Having a pumped-up self-image and an and a overly inflated ego can encourage complacency, underachievement, arrogance, those sort of things. So, bef- so finding the balance between feeling positive about ourselves and, and having realistic a realistic perception of ourselves is, a, is such an important thing. We need not to compare ourselves to others. Our true talents and true beauty may be completely different to that of other people. And in our passage tonight, we see some, some ways of how different people have, have perceived others or, or perceived themselves. In our passage tonight, we see that that Samuel goes to just uh, spit it out. Samuel goes to Jesse's house, and and we see a, a clear example of the way that that our outward appearance can be perceived by others. Firstly, the the nation of Israel wanted a king. Earlier on in in First Samuel, the nation of Israel asked God for a king. And so God gave them Saul. 
the reason behind them asking for a king is, is that they didn't want to look different to the other nations around them. They wanted a, a tangible king on a throne, not just a God who was their king. They had a perception of their image as to, as to how the surrounding nations saw them, didn't they? They didn't want to be different. They didn't want to, to look different to the way that the other nations acted. And as I said, God gave them Saul, who was anointed by the prophet Samuel. But Saul ended up being of, of poor character. He chose to obey the people of Israel more than he chose to obey the God of Israel. And so God then chose and rejected Saul and chose David as king over the nation of Israel. Prior to this, when Saul was anointed as king over Israel, he was the perfect candidate for a kingship. If he was running for the presidency of America, you'd definitely vote for him, particularly with the other two um, options. But Saul was tall, he was strong, he was masculine, he was a fighter, he had military ability, everything that you need in a king. And yet, it turns out that his character let him down. And now Samuel makes a similar sort of mistake when he looks at Eliab, one of Jesse's firstborn. Not one of Jesse's firstborn, his only firstborn. You can only have one firstborn. Let's look at verse 6 in our passage. 1 Samuel 16, verse 6. And I'm just not keeping up with our... PowerPoint. Verse 6. When they came, he, that is Samuel, looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. Samuel looks at him and, and thinks, This guy's strong, just the same as Saul. This guy's tall, just the same as Saul. Look at him. Surely he's king. But God tells him to not look on his outward appearance. We often do this, don't we? we? We judge a person on their outward appearance, don't we? We look at someone and, and we think, they've got red hair. They must have a fiery personality. Or, or that person's got, um, got confidence in a social setting, so, so they must be an extrovert. Or that person plays a lot of tennis, so they must like to work alone. Or he's an Olympian, he must be a really nice person. And others do that to, this, uh, do that to us as well. We're based on our, our outward appearance or our reputation or our personality. But it's not the way that God looks at us. And so it shouldn't be the way that we look at each other as well. Or the fact that the way that we look at ourselves. Look at verse 7 in our passage. It says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as a man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. God doesn't examine us for, for the way that we look on the, on the outside. 
He looks at our character. Our character is essentially who we are as a person, who we are in the way that we act and behave and respond to different circumstances. It's our distinguishing moral characteristics. Think of a character in a movie or a play. They're not just defined by the costume that they wear. They are defined by how they speak or, or how they react to different circumstances. And so physical appearance is, is not the way that God looks at us. God doesn't look at us from the outer appearance. He looks at our character. What is godly character? What, and how do we get it? Godly character is, is doing what is right. Let's look at James chapter 1, verse 21. James chapter 1, verse 21. It says, Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Doing what is right is, is a, go- a godly character trait. The next one is integrity. Integrity. You might ask what integrity is. Integrity is doing what is right even when it costs you. Doing what is right even when it costs you deeply. Doing what is right even when it makes you stick out like a sore thumb to be different to everyone else. Another godly character trait is honour. One of the commandments is honour your father and mother, isn't it? And so honour is a, is a godly character trait, a character trait that, that we get from God. It is showing proper reverence to people in, in either a position higher than ourselves or, or even in a position lower than ourselves, honouring everyone else above ourselves. And that brings me to the next one. Humility is another godly character trait. Within ourselves, we're, we're not humble. We're not, not out to look after everyone else before we look after ourselves, are we? And so humility is, is a godly character trait in the way that it, it is not thinking of yourself as less than everyone else but it's thinking of others more than you think of yourself. I hope you stayed in, in James there because just over a couple of pages is First Peter chapter 3. And we're going to read, or you can just watch along on the screen there. First Peter chapter 3 outlines... Um, or emphasises how our conduct defines us more than our outward appearance. Peter tells the, 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 the readers of how women should not be defined by their outward appearance and, and men should treat women with honour and respect. Verses 1 to 4, 
Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives, when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of your hair and the putting on of gold jewellery or the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. And guys, we're not off the hook either. Verse 7 says, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honour to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. You see, Peter places more of an emphasis on your conduct and your character than he does on your your outward appearance. And guys, we are told to show honour to the woman, singular, meaning our wives, but then it carries a wider interpretation as Peter mentions, women in general, so plural. So you can tell a lot about a man by the way he treats the women in his life. You can tell a lot about, a, about the character of a man by the way he treats the woman he loves and, and other women around him. You see, friends, God isn't bothered with outward appearance. God isn't concerned about how you look on a Sunday morning or a, or a Thursday night. God's concerned about our character more than our outward appearance. Beauty is fleeting and yet character lasts and lasts. A person's heart is, is relatively inaccessible to other human beings. I can't see your heart. And you can't see mine. When I say heart, I mean character. But God's able to probe into our heart and into our character and to see what really lies underneath our skin. He knows us deeper than we know ourselves, doesn't he? If I was to now ask you the same sort of question as I asked earlier, what do you like about yourself? But if I was to ask you, what do you like about your character? What sort of things can you think of? What, what, might, what might it be? I tell you that, that I long to be more patient. That's a character trait. I, I long to be more patient not just with my family, but with everyone in my life, with other drivers on the road as well. Something that I like about my character is if I say I'm humble, it's not really, <laughs> not really giving you the picture, but I like the fact that I, I try to be approachable. I try to be... Um, to do things with integrity. There's some, maybe some of you here tonight that, that can't think of anything that you see as, as a good character trait. 
But I want you to know that God sees your potential. God sees the good in your character and and he longs to continue to change your character to be more and more like his. You might be sitting there and thinking, "There's, there's nothing good about me. There never can be. But let me assure you that God sees your potential. God sees that you can be changed. If, if Jesus was willing to go to the cross and die the death that we deserved, then surely God can see some value to your life. He can see something that we may not. There must have been something that God saw, that Jesus saw it was as he was hanging on the tree, that he was willing to give up his life for you and me, that we might come to know him and, and come to be changed to be more and more like him. Even if we can't see our character, God can. And the purpose of Jesus dying that death on the cross was, was so that he could be raised to life again and so that we might receive life abundantly. And life abundantly looks like our character being changed to be more and more like Jesus. Life abundantly means being more compassionate, being more forgiving, loving and gracious, Honouring and humble. And if you're having problems with self-image or, or doubting, doubting your worth, I can tell you that Jesus sees your worth. And he longs to change that character to be more and more like his. He was willing to purchase you at a price And he sees your value. He sees your value in in flesh and blood, his blood. He sees that you are worth changing from a wretched sinner to being more and more like him. Turn over with me to Romans 5 5 verse 1. Or again, it's on the screen. Romans 5 verse 1 Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we also have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. A Jesus-like character does what God desires. A Jesus-like character submits to God even when it costs him or her his life. 
A Jesus-like character trusts God right to the end. A Jesus-like character has endurance, which then turns into character, which then turns into hope, hope in a future that Jesus has brought for us. I want you to walk out of here with confidence. Confidence not in yourself, but in Jesus. I want you to walk out of here knowing that you are valued in God's eyes because of what Jesus has done for you and me. And I want you to know that that God is changing our character slowly but surely and that this is a good thing. It's, It's a good thing, an excellent thing for us to be changed, to be more and more like Jesus. But I want you to walk out of here tonight and allow God to change your character. Ask him, Lord, what areas of my life can you change? It might be time management like Jake. It might be patience like me. It might be endurance like Paul. Ask God to see where he can change your character. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you see our worth, our value, even when we cannot sometimes. Lord, we thank you that that you were willing to go to the cross for our value, our sakes, so that we might become more and more like you, Lord. Lord, as we walk out of here tonight, I ask that you would... Continue to change our character, to be more and more like yours. Help us to be more patient and humble and, and loving and gracious towards those around us. Lord, I pray that you would also uh, help us to allow you to, to change that very character that you desire. Desire to change, to be more like yours. Lord, again I ask... And I, I thank you for, for the way that you change our character and for the, the sacrifice that Jesus made for our sake. As we close our service tonight, Lord, I pray that, that we will walk out of here assured of, of your grace and favour on our lives but, but also of our responsibility to allow you to work in that very life. Lord, I pray these things in your name. Amen.